Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. This is Broadcasting the Boys, the debut episode of Broadcasting the Boys right here on Blogging the Boys. I am Ari Temkin, and with me is Roy White. What's going on, man? Feels good. Not a whole lot, brother. How are you doing? Doing very well. It's good, uh, it's good to be working with you and, and hosting this, uh, co-hosting this podcast with you each and every Thursday right here on the Blogging the Boys Network. Um, and we encourage you to subscribe if you have not yet already. And of course, give us a rating. Um, if you love us, if you hate us, if you're indifferent to us, have you ever left an indifferent rating before? No, I don't think so. I don't think it's why I've not left, I've not left a ton of ratings in my life in general. I try not to rate people because then they come back and they try to rate you. It's a dangerous game. But in this case, um, by all means, please rate us, but only if you'll please. do it favorably. <laughs> Yeah, and not like in China where they have like actual, like an actual rating system for, for their society, for like their social life, which is pretty crazy, like social, social currency or social credits or something. Not, not like uh, we're, that. We're getting there. We'll, we'll make our way there soon enough. Roy is on Twitter at RW3. I am on Twitter at RE Sports. And I, look, I've been, Roy, I've been chomping at the bit to do this podcast with you because, well, one, because you're a beautiful man and I love you, but also because I wanted to ask you a really important question here. Is Dak Prescott elite? I believe so. <laughs> and I believe the numbers bear that to be so. Now, if your definition of elite is two guys in a given season, then perhaps not. Um, although pick the season, I suppose, and maybe we could have a debate about that. But in I mean, it, my, it's, it's in my old, mind, the old joke of like, is Joe Flacco elite, right? Like it's the same. It's just it's kind of a fool's errand, isn't it? With, with, with this and, and Dak. Well, uh, man, I wouldn't compare the two similar to be similar at all. Um, in Flacco's case, he rode a three game hot streak to a contract that paid him an exorbitant amount and that most people by the time it was done, said that was an awful deal. But you look around at the other notable quarterbacks that have been paid exorbitant money over the years. Uh, Matt Ryan, Ben Roethlisberger, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Russell Wilson. All these guys are guys who the teams that paid them would gladly take the plunge again if given the opportunity and probably would take the plunge again knowing how it ended up for many of them. Yeah. Uh, whether it be the Falcons coming up short, whether it be Aaron Rodgers and, and people speaking of, of how they wasted some of his prime years. Um, I think as far as the question about whether or not Dak Prescott is elite, 
we can have that argument till we're blue in the face, I guess. But the comparison to Joe Flacco is offensive to me because that was built on a three-game stretch a la Nick Foles. And what Dak Prescott has done is more like a four-year campaign of just trying to prove to everybody that he should be paid like a top 10 quarterback in let, the let, NFL likely would be. Let me clarify. So the, if, if you recall years and years ago, PFT commenter had this joke about is Joe Flacco elite. And it was basically just like this round and round argument, you know, that, that really didn't have, it was a fool's errand to even discuss it. And I think like that to me is where the Dak Prescott discussion has gone, where it just seems not only tired, but, foolish in a sense because like obviously you want to look back on what he's done but sports is like art insofar as you know you can kind of look at whatever conclusion you want and then use whatever statistics you want to sort of back that up or one person may you know the the art part of it is like one person may look at this this performance or these performances or this span of time and view it completely differently than somebody else but the problem i have with that is what statistics are you using on the flip side to say he's not to that level because the numbers or the statistics that people will rely on in those instances um perhaps the numbers that he put up when he didn't have uh some of his you know most important pieces around him in the offense people will point to those or, or people will point to um the the wins which again are all circumstantial based on the given season and, and how things go we saw and a lot of people i think would make the argument as i would in 2019 that the cowboys were a couple a handful of kicks away from being a 10-win football team and they wound up being eight and eight and then that gets slapped on dak prescott as being something that he himself is, is solely responsible for it's a nauseating argument to continue to have especially when this same argument was taking place a year ago but it was about whether or not he was worth 28 to 30 million dollars and now those people that argued so vehemently that he was not worth 28 or 30 million dollars a season ago would take that running to the bank for the next several seasons if they could have Dak Prescott under a contract like that. So let me ask you something. What's your biggest pain point right now in the entire Dak discussion? I think that the fact that people continue to eat up the ownership company line that there's a massive pie that has to be distributed and only so much of it can go to the quarterback position. Stephen Jones referenced analytics that suggest if you pay a quarterback too much, then that hinders your ability to win games. What analytics community member is championing, championing that cause? Well, Which enough. one? Can you point to the gentleman or lady that is championing that cause because to me the analytics community are the ones pointing to things like dvoa that had dak prescott ranked fourth in the league in 2019 like qbr the espn rating that had dak prescott ranked fourth in the entire nfl in 2019 
that's to me what the analytics community is consistently saying time and time again. And yet people will fall for the line because it gets printed time and time again. Every time Stephen Jones is on a program, whether it be pro football talk or a local radio station or a national headline news source, he says the same thing. It gets reprinted and then people take up the cause and run with it. And, and what you're referencing basically is that, that Stephen Jones and others have surmised that if you you your quarterback makes a large percentage of the salary cap, that you know there's been no team in the history of the NFL that have had a quarterback take up you know 13 plus percent of the salary cap, whatever it is. It's it's some percentage that's you know Dak Prescott could exceed if you know he gets this this contract that he wants, right? Like that's the idea here is like, if, if the Cowboys have to pay him 18% of the cap, well, history suggests you're not going to win a Super Bowl, And that's, that's the theory, but it's, it's not like analytically sound. It, it, it's not a predictor of the future. It's only an analysis of what's already happened. Like that, because there's going to be in the future teams who win Super Bowls that have quarterbacks that are going to be paid a substantial portion of the salary cap. Like that's going to happen. And maybe the reason that it hasn't happened is because there's been just a handful of quarterbacks that have really even won a Super Bowl in the last couple of decades, right? Like it's yeah. it's a short list. And one in particular, and one in particular, Tom Brady happens to be right underneath the threshold. <laughs> in in nearly every one of these arguments, the threshold begins and ends where Tom Brady slots into the formula. And because Tom Brady, who happened to have a supermodel wife, who makes probably twice as much as he ever did on the football field in a given year, that's a very unique circumstance. To expect any other NFL professional, any other future quarterback, from now to infinity, to take that same type of approach, it's folly. It's, uh, it's, it's really um, – Oh, right. It's I mean, really it's, it's basically yourself. saying you shouldn't – overpay for a quarterback in a league where if you don't have a quarterback, you don't have anything. So it's like, that's the one, you know, we're in a league right now that is so split on which positions are premiums and which you should pay for. And like the one that isn't is the quarterback. Like you should pay the quarterback, even if you have to overpay the quarterback and, and the Cowboys to a certain degree could be overpaying Dak Prescott, but you're, you're, you're overpaying for a guy that you believe is on a level that will lead you to a Super Bowl. And I think, the question that's a legitimate question i mean I, I look i think he did deteriorate over the course of the end of this past season now if that was injury whatever it was he was not as good and effective down the stretch of the season as he was throughout the course of the whole rest of the season and and like statistically the numbers don't exactly bear that up because he played he had put up some decent numbers in those games but i mean it just seemed like he was putting up garbage numbers at the end of a game that his team is already out of. So I like my line on Dak is he's a top 15 quarterback last year at this point. He's now a, a top five quarterback, a top 10 quarterback easily. So that shows tremendous growth. Like that's what you want to see. So I'm willing to pay that guy because I've already seen tremendous growth in one year. And now I have an actual coach who I think can install actual offenses that aren't obvious and, 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 overused and will use analytics to help guide play calling and decision making that will put Dak in good position. So though I, I still think there's question marks about how good Dak is, I think he's shown that he's got a higher ceiling this past year than he maybe showed in previous years. 
I think that's a fair thing to say. He might have played his best season in in 2019 statistically, um, certainly from a yardage standpoint and, and most of the other statistics that you would look at. He did perform at his best in 2019, even though, like you said, he ailed at the end of the season. But I guess the other part that is somewhat nauseating is people's lack of understanding about how much money is coming to him already. Right. Um, this season, he's going to make $31.5 million, which, by the way, had you signed him to a long-term deal a year ago, you probably would have, probably would have had him somewhere in that range yeah. for several more years. Um, but beside the point, he'll make that guaranteed this season, and in all likelihood, if the Cowboys don't reach a long-term deal next year, he'll make $37.7 million for a combined total of just under $70 million over the next two years. Why then would he sign anything right less than that starting <laughs> under thirty five million dollars a year when he's already going to get that he's already going to get that now if you extrapolate that to the third season where a lot of people point to there's no way they're paying him fifty four million dollars for a third season so he's not going to see a hundred and twenty three million dollars guaranteed through three franchise tags over the next three years but that's what he and his agent can sit on knowing how loaded the Cowboys are in every other facet of their team, knowing that they're not in a position that if Dak Prescott goes down in week one of the season to just tank things away and have the opportunity to draft a quarterback in the top five of the NFL draft in 2021 or in following seasons in 2022, there isn't going to be an opportunity to find the premium young quarterback that everyone's sure is better than Dak Prescott over the next couple of seasons. And he and his agent know that. That's why they had the Cowboys over a barrel. That's why the longer the Cowboys wait, they're only hurting themselves. And that's why anybody arguing that, you know, you shouldn't pay Dak or that you need to go in another direction, to me, I think you need to slap some sense into them. Well, and it's, it's so funny that, like, you've got people – like legitimately arguing, well, you sign any Dalton, just play him, you know. And it's like, if you think Dak Prescott is a bad quarterback, <laughs> just oh, I will play him. Though. Eddie, just wait till you see Eddie Dalton. Oh, oh I will play him though because, uh, and I mentioned this uh, a week ago. Um, I want to see on Andy Dalton on the field in 2020 at some point because if he can prove to other teams that he's worth a shot, yeah. they could get a contract in the range of 17 to 20 million dollars annually in his next deal in a quarterback free agent class in 2020 um, next season, next off season, that'll be horrendous comparably to what it was this year. I think Andy Dalton's got a great chance of getting the Cowboys a comp pick in return. Yeah. Um, and, and it could be as high as a third rounder. So I do want to see Andy Dalton get on the field, just not in any type of capacity that is replacing Dak Prescott, because even though I believe Andy Dalton could get this team to nine wins, if he started from week one on, I think they got a better shot, a higher ceiling, a much higher ceiling with Dak Prescott under center. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. 
Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA. Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Yeah, that certainly tells me that you're pretty high on this Cowboys team this year. That's Roy White on Twitter at RW3. I am Ari Temkin on Twitter at Ari Sports. This is the debut episode of Broadcasting the Boys coming to you each and every Thursday right here on the Blogging the Boys Sports Network. We are talking a lot of Cowboys on this show, obviously, but something else that we're going to do that if you you know or familiar with myself or Roy, you know that you know sometimes it's not just all sports and all rigid and and um, you know all business all the time. Sometimes it's 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 important to have fun, which we want to introduce some fun into your life. There you go, because sports should be fun, should be fun. So with that in mind, let's have some fun with Taco Charlton, who's no longer our joke. And that is the best, that's the best part about this. So Taco Charlton. No, I don't um, know. I don't know if that's the best part about it. Cause the reminder of Taco Charlton is always that the jokes on us, um, that Taco Charlton could have been TJ Watt aside from the fact that he happened to put his hand in the ground and TJ Watt did not prior to playing in the NFL. Well, at least the guy that was almost singularly responsible for that pick and the Tristan Hill pick is no longer coaching of the Cowboys staff. And that's, I mean, look, every team is going to miss. The important thing here is that we know that the team that's the Cowboys have missed recently in the draft is because of Rod Barrett, Elliott, their coaching staff. That's no longer here. Whereas the, important, teams are miss- the important thing is that they saw, they foresaw Alden Smith's return they knew he would want to come back this offseason, and so they had to make room prematurely, get rid of Taco in the middle of, uh, of the season last year and, and just and make sure they had the room to, uh, to sign Alden yes. Smith and get Randy Gregory back in here. Yes, Very totally. important roster spots. So Taco Charlton was released by the Cowboys, picked up by the Dolphins, uh, signed a free agent deal with the Kansas City Chiefs, and so he was on a Zoom conference and – well, here, here was basically him being asked about, hey, is, is this kind of the time for you to figure out what kind of a player you are? Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I guess you could say that. Uh, I mean, like I said, my, my foot, like I said, I'm giving all, you know, my foot's on the gas on this one. Uh, you know, all effort. Uh, I'm not saying, you know, I gave my full effort everywhere I've been. Um, you know, in all situations, uh, you know, things came to an end. Uh, I, I, it was kind of mutual in both situations. So it really wasn't much of a surprise in either or. So, uh, but um, like I said, either or, like I said, God let me here, and I feel like this is the best situation for me to succeed. Uh, <laughs> what? Either or. Either situation is fine. Um, whew, that was a lot there. Uh, all right. My foot is on the gas for this one. That would seem to imply that Taco Charlton did not have his foot on the gas in every stop he's been at. It might be something I would think a first-round pick would think. It's not necessarily something I would think they would say. (laughs) Did I hear that right? Did I hear that right? Did he say, I'm not saying I gave my full effort everywhere I've been? I refuse to say I gave my full effort Everywhere I've been, do not write that I said that I 
gave my full effort everywhere I've been because that that's a lie, sir. Play that again. Do you have that again? I apologize. Sorry for putting that's you on saying, the spot. I gave but do you have that again? Just the very. Here we go. Uh, I'm not saying I'm not I saying gave, I gave my full effort everywhere, everywhere I've been. I've been. No. That is literally what he said. Uh, I'm not saying that I gave my full effort everywhere. That is a Freudian uh, admission. Uh, I'm not saying I gave my full effort everywhere I've been and in all situations. So not only did he not give his full effort everywhere that he's been, also there were certain situations that he didn't give his full effort, which if you watch the Cowboys, you know. <laughs> you have to tell me that, Taco. I know that that's the case. Yeah, that was kind of why it all deteriorated to begin with. So I appreciate um, you not – sitting on the stand, sitting on that Zoom call, and lying to the, uh, the KC faithful there and admitting you did not give your full effort. Um, I will not say I gave my full effort everywhere I've been because that's not true. That's not true, and I won't let you print that. Because <laughs> I am a responsible journalist, and I'm not going to lie to you. The other part there, I was feeling kind of out of position a little bit in the past. Did they play him at defensive end? <laughs> he played end, right? That's what he played in college? Well, I was mean, it, it was one of those side? rushing ends that they put him. Yeah, you know, okay, yeah, yeah. I know that's, they asked, that's him the tough stop, part. They asked him to stop the run on occasion. I mean, I mean it's not like it's hit a interior defensive live and, and you're talking about like a two gap or a one gap scheme, right? Like it's, you're right. It's pretty self-explanatory. Like see the quarterback hit the quarterback. What, what yeah. other position were you trying to be in? What, what other uh, role were you looking for? I'm not asking you to catch a touchdown pass. Okay. I'm not asking you to block for Ezekiel Elliott. All right. I just want you to do what you did in college. I thought, um, but I laughed when I saw that quote and I had to blink a couple times to make sure I saw, because it is written, I'm not saying I gave my full effort everywhere I've been. And I just wanted to be sure in hearing the audio that that was exactly what he said. And sure enough. Also, now his foot's on the gas. Before, I mean, you know, he just he didn't realize what was happening. But now his foot's on the gas. Before he was, you know, his foot wasn't on the gas. It wasn't off the gas. It wasn't on the brake. It just wasn't anywhere. It was just kind of hovering there over both of those things, I guess. This is no. the guy that the, the Michigan Wolverines, uh, a Michigan Wolverine staffer told the Cowboys, yeah, he doesn't really work hard. He's kind of entitled. And the Cowboys were like, cool, we'll still take him. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, um, he kind of fell up, though, in the end, didn't he? Winded up with the Chiefs, the reigning Super Bowl champions. He did. But now his foot's on the gas, Roy. And now he's trying. Now he's trying. I mean, before he wasn't tr- why, why would he try? He was out of position. Why would he try before? Now he's trying. No time like the present, Taco. No I mean, time like the present. If you're a first-round pick, it's certainly, by the time you get to your third team, probably time to start trying. That's probably the right time. What's funnier, this or not just Jason Garrett being the offensive coordinator of the New York Giants, but but <laughs> – the Joe judge basically was like, yeah, he's going to bring his offense over from Dallas and they're just going to run that. Boy, no one's more excited about hearing that than Cowboys fans, right? <laughs> Why are the giants just doing everything the Cowboys have done, but like two years behind, like, it seems like that's, they've just decided to steal the Cowboys model, but just be two years behind it. Like what are, 
the Cowboys haven't won a Super Bowl in that time period. Like, why would you? Do, they're like copycatting a, you know, a average franchise at this point. I suppose you go with what you know, right? You go with what you're comfortable with, and something had them comfortable with Jason Garrett. We know his ties to the Giants organization, um, and so I guess there was a a fit there that seemed to have them excited. And when you read the things on social media from Giants fans, they seem to be legitimately excited, which I can't figure out why. You know what? That's more like Cowboys fans than anything, right? That's taking a page out of the Cowboys fans playbook. It's seeing something that you know is a disaster on paper, but coming up with ways to convince yourself that it's going to be just fine. And in actuality, it's a good thing. It's a positive for your franchise. That's what the Giants have taken from the Cowboys, that you're right. I mean, they're two years behind us. And uh, and hopefully, though, they don't find themselves in a position in two years where they got a savior like Mike McCarthy that's going to that's gonna fix everything. Yeah, I mean, Jason Garrett is so bad that Mike McCarthy looks like Vince Lombardi. <laughs> <laughs> like, Jason Garrett is such a bad coach and was so bad for this franchise for a decade that anybody – just don't be named Jason Garrett that comes in to be the head coach is just like, it's, we're going to be amazing. Coaching's finally not a liability. Well, it might be, uh, it's not going to be, it's, it's not Jason Garrett who is married to the same ideals and principles that he's been married to forever will not deviate and dictate away from the same offense that he's always running. Now it's changed a little bit, but the same premise is there. He's just, he's a schematic guy and he's not going to basically deviate from, you know, what he's done and and you know we saw that you know the inability to evolve and adapt and grow to the the comment to the modern game like it's a fatal flaw so giants should be great yeah uh continue to lead on saquon barkley as they have in years past and um you know we'll we'll see what leaning on the run game gets you in the nfl in 2020 right take saquon barkley one one in fantasy that's all i'm saying as soon as I heard that from Joe Judge, they're going to run the same offense Cowboys ran. I was like, well, I'm taking Saquon Barkley, number one. That's easy. That's easy right there. Yeah. I'm taking CMC, brother, but you can have Saquon. <laughs> All right, fine. You're probably right. But still, yeah. should at least make you think a little bit about it because Garrett's calling the plays. We know how much Garrett loves that running, running in the stacked boxes on first down and second down. Yeah, the, the problem is, is, you know, I would want Saquon Barkley to be running – perhaps inside the five in like a three wide set. And now I know the giants are going to go jumbo package with three tight ends and a fullback and try to pound it down everybody's throat, which is probably going to see Saquon Barkley's touchdown totals diminish. Now they won't diminish from 2019 because he didn't have the best year, but uh, I don't expect him to have a high, high touchdown total in 2020 as a result of Jason Garrett's red zone play calling that significantly hinders running backs' abilities to work in, in tight spaces. So a topic I wanted to hit on uh, before we get too deep into this thing is the strength of schedule discussion. Now, we know the Cowboys' schedule and the rest of the NFL was released one week ago, and everybody does the standard thing where they look down the list and they say, here's a win, here's a loss. And, of course, we did it uh, here as well at Blogging the Boys. You can check that out um, on the – uh, on the website there. But as far as strength of schedule goes, Ari, when you hear strength of schedule, what is the definition of that to you? 
what do you expect someone to take from a data standpoint and present to you when they refer to a team's strength of schedule in 2020? I think overall, like when I hear strength of schedule in, in a preseason setting, I think it's, it's garbage because it's, it's, there's so many variables that go into having a successful season in the NFL, and there's so few teams able to have sustained success in the NFL. Um, I, I mean, I, I would think the data points would be previous year's record. Okay. Um, and that's typically what, at least in the past, had been the standard, right? If you right. read the Cowboys' strength of schedule in 2020, you'll see that according to that number, their records – for uh, the teams that they're playing in 2020, those teams' record in 2019, you'll see that the Cowboys have the third easiest uh, strength of schedule in the entire NFL. Based they on play, the team's previous year's records, which makes based, sense. Based on their previous records, which is useful, but not so useful to me in the sense that, like you pointed out, how much can you really base on a team in 2020 based on – what that team did in 2019 that may have been an entirely different team. Almost nothing. The, the New England Patriots, for example, will not be the same type of formidable opponent in 2020 that they were in 2019. But if you're using their record, you're probably looking at a team that may have six or seven more wins than they had in 2019. Yes. So uh, I would prefer if, people will look more so at a statistic that Warren Sharp has put out uh, on his website. You can go check it out at Warren, warrensharpstats.com. And he actually has the strength of schedule based on Vegas win probabilities. So they take teams like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, for example, and give them a win probability based on what Vegas thinks they're going to do. And as you know, Ari, Vegas is probably the closest thing to experts in the business that, that we're going to see because and they, especially in terms of projecting the future. Yes. Because they take a 2019 record and play it with caveats. Yes. This team won five games and went five and 11, but they had six losses of three points or less. Those types of statistical anomalies typically bear themselves out and normalize themselves over right. time meaning so, teams that lose a lot of close games one year tend to win a lot of close games the next year and vice versa bingo so when it comes to the cowboys where does their strength of schedule sit in 2020 based on that formula ninth so they still have the ninth easiest schedule in the nfl the most positive thing about that adjustment though to me is the fact that the next best team in their division their strength of schedule the philadelphia eagles is 19th. Wow. It's less than average. It's tougher than the average schedule in the entire NFL. So that means the Cowboys' most formidable opponent, and I would think most people agree that this is a two-man race in the NFC East. I certainly hope you do. Yes. The Cowboys still find themselves in the most advantageous position when it comes to strength of schedule in 2020. I just think uh, I hope people will adjust going forward how they determine strength of schedule because yeah. I see that every year and it frustrates me to think, yeah, but nine quarterbacks changed hands in one off season. 
maybe we should make some adjustments to those 2019 win totals. Well said. And uh, um, was it? <laughs> yes, Barry. That's why I said it. Wouldn't have said it if it wasn't well said. <laughs> I would have said. You're a com- mm, interesting. Mm. Mm. You're complimentary. <laughs> We're gonna get through this thing. You know, it, what 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 I find to be sort of most interesting about what you the point you just made about the Eagles. So the the main differentiator between the Eagles and the Cowboys schedule is the Eagles are gonna be playing the first place teams from last year in the other NFC divisions, whereas the Cowboys will play the second place teams in the NFC other divisions. Meaning, there's two games that the Eagles have that are going to be way more difficult than the two games that the Cowboys have. So when you factor that in, go ahead. Sorry. Let me ask you though, who would you rather play in 2020, the green Bay Packers or the Minnesota Vikings? It's fair. I guess, I guess, I guess I'd rather play Minnesota, but I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, the Packers are coming off of a 13 and three season, so they had the they they're the number one team in the NFC North, and that's who the Eagles will play. That differentiates from the Cowboys. I might say that's the other one. Who's the other one? Yeah, the other one's a little bit more substantial. Saints or Falcons? (laughs) The other one's a little (laughs) bit more substantial. So if you think about it, the Cowboys lost to the Eagles. Guaranteed, Jason Garrett wasn't going to be back. Got the Cowboys in position to draft Ceedee Lamb. And gave them an easier schedule into this season. Might have been the best thing to happen to the franchise. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Maybe those Giants fans do have reason to have hope about Jason Garrett. Look what he did for us in his final year. <laughs> That's Roy White. I am Ari Tepkin. Follow us on Twitter at Ari Sports. Roy is at RW3. And of course, make sure to check out all of the great podcasts we have here on the Blogging the Boys Network. Of course, make sure to check out all of the great podcasts here on the Blog of the Boys Network, which are just delivered automatically to your feed every morning. So don't do anything other than what you're already doing. Daily briefings with the Ocho, Girls Talking Boys with Kelsey Charles and Meg Murray, The 750 with Tony Casillas and RJ Ochoa, and Talking the Star with Connor Livesay, Dalton Miller, and Cole Patterson right here on bloggingtheboys.com. Again, make sure to subscribe and give us a rating. But for now, we out. out. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply.